Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode, Partner for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeat, is No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow, an evening of folk music with Carol Ann Solabello, Karen Oliver, and the Yayas. You can see No Fuss and Feathers Roadshow Friday, August 22nd at 6.30 p.m. at the New Jersey Botanical Gardens Skylands Association. Check them out at facebook.com slash nofussandfeathersroadshow. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We're tonight's entertainment. Let me explain. No, there is too much. Let me sum up. Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Berman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. Why would I put it there? Kindness? 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 You stole it! He stole it! We have top men working on it right now. Who? Hello there, and ready to welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 186. Coming to you live from. <laughs> Coming to you live from. The title Comac of this episode is going to be Smooth. Snooze? Smooth. Oh, Smooth, smooth as yeah. Butter. Yeah, that's, that's how you do an intro, buddy. I'm a radio professional. That's how we do it. This That's is how right. we do it. We still don't have Cal on the line yet, but we're working on that. Who needs him? Let's right. talk about this. <laughs> Welcome to Ready to Unload, episode number 186, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Freehold, New Jersey, and Bayside, New York. Yes, it's Ready to Unload with Cal and Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, talking New York sports nice, number 186. Hi. Hi, Pete. <laughs> Hello! Smooth as peanut butter. Let me tell you, nothing trips up these three guys except, whoops, technology. Except, wah, wah. except everything. 
Nothing trips us up except everything. My gosh. Yeah, I can't. Uh, for some reason, my Skype is is uh, faulting, malfunctioning. And uh, well, I we're gonna have to drop them as a sponsor. Yeah, I even uninstalled it and reinstalled it today, and I still cannot make a group call. I cannot add something I've been doing for two years. I can't add Cal to this call. Inexplicably, can't do it. Doesn't make any sense. Well, pity that this isn't uh, an episode of my podcast, the sister show, uh, Tech Support, because then you could have just called in and I would have talked you through it. But we're here... Ready to tech support? Ready to t- ready to download? I'm not sure what it is. Um, I yeah, I don't uh, I don't know. I guess we're gonna have to call Cal back on the landline. So uh, let's try that. Let's see if whatever. We can don't don't whatever me. How are you, by the way? Whatever. How's your stomach? What? You've been having Ooh. a very difficult time. How's your stomach? As big as ever. What, what can I? What can I say? <laughs> I love your belly. It's as, it's as big as ever. People are drawn to it. There's, no, you, you bring something up. People are actually drawn to my belly. I'm not sure what it is. Well, there, wasn't Children there a, come and hug it. Wasn't there a time when people were drawn to your navel? At live shows, people would chant for my Let's, navel. Uh, here we go. We're, we're calling Cal. He's not there. He's not home. No, he's at the Genius Bar. <laughs> Hello? Hi, can we speak to Brian, please? Guy, he's having technical difficulties. <laughs> You'll have to call, him back. Have to call welcome, back. Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and, and Skype doesn't work. Great. Yeah. How's it Ooh. going? Hi, buddy. So this is how we're doing? I can, I can pack everything else up then? You can just... You can just well, I'd like to Uber again, of course. Going to do it uh, so can, like this. Yes. Here he is, Mr. Calneva Calpino Caliente. Brian oh, Cal- why? Oh, why? All right. I don't understand it, Bri. It won't let me on either of my Skype. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, we got it, Peach. Oh, why? On either of my Skype, Gumas uh, Gums, I can't add you to the call. It won't let me do it. It won't let me make a group call. Oh, must be me. I don't think it is. Eh. I think it's me. I think it's on my. I think it's on my end. But I uninstalled Skype and I reinstalled it, and same problem. Eh. When in how Rome. Are you? How are you? <laughs> how are you, buddy? Ah, uh, good. Really good. You you actually sound great. Really, yeah. Really, you- just. Top notch. Are you not? Are you not on the uh, the 1987 cordless phone? Yeah, <laughs> I am. I have. Well, the antenna broke. I pulled the antenna up too far, and it popped right out. So this actually We're sounds kinda... better, Sean's antenna. So then, you know what? Why don't I? Um, why don't I sell my my laptop and my microphone? <laughs> And we can that'll pay for another month of Blog Talk Radio, and I can just call I, on the phone right. every month. I don't think that's. I don't think we need to do that. By the way, we're we're in uh, talks to uh, to really change how we do the show in like a couple of weeks. Oh, I'm sure you'll fill me in. 
tech-wise. <laughs> I, I could fill you in now if you'd like. No, 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 please. We have a show to do. <laughs> I don't, those are minor details. I don't need to know that stuff. Yeah, that's, look, you don't need to know how the sausage is made. You just want to eat the sausage. That's all. Do you like my, do you like my introduction of the new passive-aggressive character for the fall season? <laughs> this is a sneak peek. This is a teaser into... Uh, yeah. This is a new character we're introducing onto the show for season five. Passive aggressive pal. Passive aggressive pal. I love I love passive Not aggressive pal. Not pal, cow. I said pal. <laughs> you don't know your own nickname. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually that's actually the character's name. Passive aggressive pal. Pal, right? We're writing you off the show. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I'm ca- no, but I'm cow. cow. I'm on the show. I, my name's in the in the title. I tell you what, those people at network really thank you. Those people at network really have us jumping through some hoops for season five. Again, I'll I'll find out at a later time. Let's do the show. Let's let <laughs> I think we are. I think we're doing it. Can I? Can I just? I I have to because I was thinking this in the in the. 90 seconds of fury that we were trying to get on Skype. Like, five years ago, I would have been able to do that much quicker. Now I'm panicking, and I'm moving like, a, like an 80-year-old man trying to what? get logged on within 90 seconds. Right. And it was just... It was so frustrating. You turned into my mom. Like, like, everything was just moving in slow motion. Like, all of a sudden, I forgot how to, like... Type in a password. Move. It's the strangest thing. Yeah. You turned into this, my mom. There's, this is 40, apparently. That's all that my visits now to Florida are. They're just long IT sessions. You're the geek squad? Yeah, they're just, they're just long uh, IT <laughs> tutorials. Do you pack yes. your blue polo shirt <laughs> with the yes, name tag? Mom. Yep, Mom, you can actually print from the iPad <laughs> without any wires at all. Stephen, how does this work? Now I, now, I know you got Stephen. My mom is Fran Drescher for all these purposes. <laughs> for any, any and all uh, conversations, my mom is, is essentially Fran Drescher. Um, uh, it's some sort of combination of Fran Drescher, Rosie O'Donnell. Like her dialect is all over the place now because it's like half Brooklyn, but she's been in Florida for 15 years. <laughs> so, and then she always sounded like a Jewish woman from Long Island, even though she's Italian. So, it's really all over the place. But it's they they, sh- they share a lot. Yeah, it's very distinct. It's very Stephen. No. Now listen, I know you and Teresa bought me the printer. <laughs> But how does it? How does I get? How do I get it to work? All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Hey, is PJ with us? The bishop. He is. He is. Oh. Bishop, Goof, bishop Goofball. He's very quiet tonight. He. Uh, well, he. He already uh, made fun of me for the open, which was less than smooth. I was clearly flustered by the fact that I could not get you into the Skype call. And he made fun. And I said it was like, "Welcome to Ready to Unpants with you down." And we, here we go. I <laughs> <laughs> lost the ability to speak English for about twelve seconds. First time, long time host. Hello. <laughs> Nervous. <laughs> Nervous. 
Ready to unload. I don't like count. when things don't go right. <laughs> Welcome to, to Skype me. with Uvu. Hello, IT tech support. <laughs> Ready to vagina. I'm just nervous. Oh, oh. wow, wow. We're really, we're really loose in the summer, aren't we? <laughs> we are. Standards and standards and practices has the summer off. Apparently, they're, yeah, they're uh, they're in the Hamptons right now. Yeah, like I told Worst you, jazz network. band ever, by the way. Standards and practices. Yes. Oh, in the Hamptons. They, em- they emptied the room. <laughs> <laughs> it's a night of smooth jazz with standards and <laughs> practices. Yeah, <laughs> that was "Don't You Cuss" by Standards and Practices. <laughs> That, and this this next track is called "We're Watching You." <laughs> oh, man, worst jazz band ever. Um, no, Bishop, the Bishop is here. We're we're gonna talk. Uh, I would like to talk about, um, and maybe we can do it later because I I definitely want to get into sports quickly because um, there's a lot with the Mets and and the Jets and and the Yankees and stuff. But uh, I do I I don't know if we wanted to make the quote unquote fun load. Um, about Robin Williams. I did kind of want to talk to you guys about that. I mean, sort of uh, uh, anxious is the wrong word, but just sort of wanting to talk about Robin Williams and maybe uh, just reminisce a little bit about him uh, with you guys. Of course. Um, so, was, you know, so Bish, do, you th- do you think we can do that in the, uh, let's not call it a fun load. Well, why don't we have, I mean, we can still we can still do a fun load and also remember Robin Williams. Sure. We don't have to remember Robin Williams in the fun load. No, no. Because that's, that's, that doesn't... And, it, and also, remembering Robin Williams doesn't have to not be fun. And, well, we'll Ready? talk about it later, but it should be fun. Ready to unload no, the double No, we're scrapping this segment. We're going just full-on, let's talk it out. This is, are we doing a memorial show? Why not? Wow. Are we going that far? Yeah. I've wow. got Dr. I... Keith Abloh on the line. We got Ooh. him? All your feelings are wrong, and they're dangerous. <laughs> he sounds very helpful. <laughs> he always is. Everything you're feeling is incorrect, and you're doing it wrong. Right. You're going to hurt someone. Whatever you're feeling, swallow it. Hole with no oh, mayo. I'm bald. You know why? Because I am. Deal with it. <laughs> and I don't care what How your feelings are. Practices. <laughs> and I don't care what your feelings are about me being bald. Swallow them. Man, he that guy is not helpful at all. <laughs> <laughs> He's like an ironic therapist. Whose idea was this? <laughs> Really, someone who's never been to therapy. This guy is. No. This is not how it works. This is not how you do this. All right, let's get to the sports then. Let's jump into the sports. Peach, we'll talk to you in a, in a couple minutes. If you must. If you do. Wow. All right, it's time for the big unload. Ready to unload. Big unload brought to you by... Not even brought to you by Skype. Say that much. I'm not pleased with the Skype people. Go ahead. Why don't you rant on them? 
Here's my, uh, here's how I'm going to open the big unload. You ready? Hey, Cal? Yes? Are the Mets done taking over the city yet? <laughs> are they, are they, are they finished taking back the city from the Yankees? Let me know. Why you gotta say it like that? I'm just one, I'm just, it's a simple question. <laughs> I don't think I, I'm just wondering if they are finished, if the Mets are finished taking back the city. No, not yet. I think they're still working on it, Steve. Okay. All right. I think you they're still working on it. Good. Okay. Hey, can you go on Uvu, buddy? I'd love to see uh, you smiling. I've been for the last, yeah, look at that. For like the I'm last trying, five minutes. Trying to call. Wow. Somebody's saucy. Passive aggressive now. Hey. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> This show is brought to you by Jif, because it is smooth. Um, hi, hi. Uh, so are they finished yet? They're not finished yet, right? No, they're not. No, they still have a little more work to do. Going to take a little more work. There's, there's actually two things that I want to talk about in the big unload that are uh, pressing. One is two additional, is, other than taking back the city. That's yeah. That was just my little opening wise ass oh. salvo. I was just being a wise guy. Why not? Um, I have a question for you. <laughs> Another question, part two. Um, a question yes. I'm wondering, uh, did you see that there is a new commissioner in Major League Baseball? There's a new sheriff in town. Yeah, I didn't know. We don't. Not, let's no, we're not, not doing that? Nope. No? Oh, okay. <laughs> not, did you not get the memo? No, not getting, not getting the memos. Network sent Maybe. that down. Maybe I should check my email. And should, the memos are going straight to spam, and I'm just not even seeing them. Yeah, you should really check your RTU email because there's a whole thing about how PJ is going to take over uh, the Skype for the show, and he's going to do it through the studio, and we're going to improve the sound oh. quality. And yeah, I got it. Yeah, I got to look into that. Yeah, you should check it out. Are you and available? Also, <laughs> also there what? was a memo about there was a memo about not using new sheriff in town for the new baseball commissioner. Now, was it was it a was it a separate memo or was, was it in the same? Memo. No, that was from Network. It wasn't another bullet point in that one memo. That's correct. It was from the Suits and Network. From the from the Fat Cats. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> those those guys sent down, and they're all men, by the way. Can't ever right. be a woman. I was I was talking about uh, Joel Katz, and he's put on a little weight lately. The Fat Cats. Is he, is, he, is he one of the suits? He's the fat cat. I see. He, that's he's that's who I was talking about. Like, he sent the memo. He's one of the, the fat cats. It's affectionate. You're affectionately referring to him as the fat yeah, cat. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean no harm or, or malice. <laughs> he's kind of, like, lovable. <laughs> he is. He's a lovable cat. Fenders on. Look, everybody loves the fat cats. Whoa. Go, hey. What's, I'm FaceTiming you. Yes, I think everybody can hear that. <laughs> wow. I guess, I guess that's this happening. Is, this is important. <laughs> this show, this is how you do it. This is how you do it, everyone. We're just We're really pol- polishing it up for season five. This is how we do, we do it. it. I've talked about this before, but sometimes I forget how to do it, and then uh, I forget how we do it, and I turn that song on. 
And does it does it make you remember it? It refreshes my recollection. Oh, this is how we do it. Right. It instructs you very explicitly on how to do it. That's right. Like my uh, like my other favorite one. Y'all ready for this? And my answer <laughs> always is, I am not. I have nothing prepared. I am not prepared for this. I am not all ready for this. The lo- you're lucky that they're not just addressing you singularly. Right, it's you plural. Yeah, so you don't have to take the responsibility to be ready for it. There's other people that should also be ready for it. You're saying the heat's not on me there. No, you, I, you, you, you tend to take things on yourself. Yeah, no, I do. And what I'm, I'm saying you don't have to here because it's not just your fault. It's everybody's fault for not being ready. Y'all. Y'all ready for this, right. You collectively. You see one per- only in that scenario, only one person needs to be ready for it. That's, that's it. Just, just if we can get a duly elected representative to be ready for it, to be ready for it, to prepare something just in the first one. place. Um, a new commissioner, Brian. This is important. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, there it is. <laughs> Again, um, now I'm 85. Hold on. (laughs) Right. Cal struggling, struggling to answer the FaceTime call. I mean, such problems. When my when my mother does this, she answers the FaceTime call, and it's up. I think you. Hold on, I can't see you, and it's like upside down. Then it's under her armpit because she's carrying it somewhere. And I, then I get a, you know, I get a look at her underarm. It's really lovely, delightful. <laughs> is that, oh, there, is oh, that public? Is that <laughs> what is going on over there? What are we doing at Bells? <laughs> um, I right, have this. Good. That's fantastic. My mother right, loves Publix. Loves Publix. Have you? You've you've obviously been, right? Obviously been. Well, I been. I happen to like it more than any. New York supermarket. Really? And the only supermarket that beats Publix for me nationwide? Right. Wegmans. Yeah, well, Wegmans is... PJ's about to jump through the... <laughs> through Blog Talk Radio because Wegmans is legendary in... Uh, in Bingham. I just heard furniture falling over and like someone... <laughs> Tripping. Stumbling to running, get to the running. phone. Running to the phone. <laughs> Glass did someone, breaking. Did someone say Wegman? <laughs> yeah, here comes. Wegman? Here he comes. Um, because uh, I guess the, I guess the store ever. There it is. Right. Did, did, isn't the one in Binghamton like legendary, Peach? I thought Rochester was the flagship one. Rochester was the flagship, yeah. Then it came down to Binghamton and um, like revitalized the city. It was it was crazy. It's as big as an airport. It's unbelievable. A supermarket saved the town. Kind of. <laughs> All I remember is my brother telling me that they they had kegs there at the Wegmans near Binghamton. Yeah. Like, yeah, they had like, a, they had like a walk-in beer vault. Right. Like you can get a keg at a supermarket, this, yeah, and a and a hero. This place and is they TV. had uh, and a TV they had a special. 
coffee station where all the coffee beans were in giant barrels, and you could buy your own beans out of the barrel. I, I'm I'm uh, sort of I'm a Trader Joe's guy because right. of my my time in L.A. Um, my my tour of duty in Los Angeles. Um, I was I was three clicks north of Hollywood. Um, I love Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is is uh, magnificent. Two buck Chuck, go in there and get a two dollar bottle of wine, a loaf of bread, some uh, artisan uh, chicken salad. <laughs> Once again. The chickens, actually, in that case, are the artists, though. They, oh, really? Yes, the chickens are the artisans. It's just like all like it's like a big show when they lay an egg. It's like whoa, pretty amazing. <laughs> but everybody's uh, really cool about it in there, though. They don't really. Oh yeah. Very unaffected by it. Everybody in everybody in Trader Joe's is way too cool for school. Yes, definitely. You know. They're, they're not like checkout people. They're like your checkout assistant, your right. your personal checkout guy. <laughs> your concierge. <laughs> your checkout concierge, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, you and I are going to get through this together. We're going to check. We're going to going to check. Go ahead and check out your food together, man. We're going to do this together. Let me let me get your number. We're going to hang out after we, after we bag these up. Well, let's hang. Um, okay, so look, a new commissioner in baseball, this is important for Met fans. Potentially. Well, because as we well know, if... if... Wow. Really just working on stuff for season five. <laughs> it's we like spring keep... training right now. <laughs> we may keep that, we may not. That's an actual organ. That's PJ playing an organ. <laughs> That's, that's, that's how far we're willing to go for season five. He's going to play the organ live. Dun, 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 dun. I, always I have no to... doubt he could play the organ. I'm sure he could. Oh, yes. No, PJ plays piano. Yes, absolutely. I believe piano was his first instrument, as a matter of fact. Hmm. Is, this, is this the behind the music for PJ we've been waiting for <laughs> for three and a half years? Is tonight the night? Um, this is this is potentially important for us as Met fans, Cal. If you were going to be the next commissioner of baseball, so I'm giving you that job. Congratulations, you're the next commissioner of baseball. <sighs> Go ahead, <laughs> Todd McShay. Whew, okay. Congratulations, Todd McShay. You're the next commissioner of baseball. Oh, Before boy, okay. Before we, we do this, though, I want to. I want to just. We know why this is important, right? Because if it had not been Bud Selig, uh, who's uh, real tight with the Wilpons, uh, they probably would have lost the team through the Madoff crisis, right? Like we, and we know. Chances are, yeah. Well, if you, if if you look at what happened with the Dodgers and McCord, right? Right, and the divorce out there, one could reasonably assume that. Another team with similar money problems would be would have to do the same thing. Actually, worse money problems. Worse money problems. Well, but they'll tell you that there's no money problems. Right. But McCord. So that's all they had to do. They all they had to do was tell Bud Selig, no, 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 we're good. We we have no money problems. Their word was their bond. Pay no attention. Pay 
Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. We're fine. We have so much money right now. Yeah, totally. That's good. It's all it's all tied up in uh, in uh, bonds, municipal bonds. Bud, um, ask, ask me: Are you good? Are you are you financially secure? Well, okay. Are you financially secure? Yeah, we're good. Oh, then, then let's move on. And that's <laughs> it. It was a thirty-second conversation. <laughs> good job, Fred. Fred Wilpon walking around with a big pin on his shirt. Ask me about my finances. Ask us about our finances. And then when you do, yeah, you're lied to. Right. Not so, going to affect anything. So this was a huge deal because Bud Selig, I, I'm firmly convinced, and you can't convince me otherwise, is the reason that the Wolpons still own the team. So a new commissioner, Rob Manfred. Manfred man jokes aplenty. Right. About. Can we get those out of her? That was also another memo from Network. Please. Do not sing Summertime. Oh, wait. Summertime is, Mon- summertime is Mongo Jerry, isn't it? Mongo Jerry. Summertime. Right. What is Manfred Blinded Manfred? by the light. Blinded by the light. Right. Wrapped up like a deuce. Um, Don't, yeah, no, none of that. Right. What else do they sing? <laughs> so, you're going to, uh, you're the new commissioner of baseball, Cal. Congratulations. What do you do? <laughs> give me, give me five. Well, that's, that's pretty broad. What, what do I do? I'm pro- I'll probably call my wife. <laughs> that's probably the first thing I do. Hey, first order guess what, honey? <laughs> You're not gonna believe this. <laughs> I, I woke up this morning, not, not even thinking this was a possibility. Wouldn't you know it? I'm the commissioner of baseball. The first thing I do, probably let my wife know. I'm in for I'm in for a significant pay increase. Yeah. <laughs> and and also I I will probably have to travel a little bit more than I have been. I might not be around as much. Um, yeah. I'll probably have to quit my current job. You could probably do both. Yeah, maybe. I guess you know in the age of technology, I'm sure I could. Well, we shouldn't really talk about anything in the age of technology right now. <laughs> Why? Because we. We can't get the phone on. Yeah, and you're, and you're doing the show on a cordless phone. <laughs> that you look like Blossom right now. <laughs> um, no, uh, so give me five things you do if you're a commissioner. Five changes you make. Well, you're kind of putting me on the spot. That was my plan. Mm. Also in the memo from Network from Fat Cats. What was that? I would be put on the spot on tonight's That's show. Right. No, just do put Cal on the spot more. Oh, you that that memo might not have been to all of us. That might have been just to me. I'll tell you that, <laughs> that might not have been that memo. It might have been just to my to my inbox. I think the first. Well, do you have? Oh, let's let you know what. I'm part. Of, I am top build on this show. I'm going to do it like this. All right. I'll, I'll answer your question, Sam Pete. But then you're going to answer it, too. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, we're going to go one for one. I'm not going to give was... you five. I'll give you one, and then you'll give oh, me one. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. That's, that's how it's going to work, because Fat... we're Cal and Sam Pete. Fat Cat said you might do this. This is not... 
Sam in another, interviews Cal. Yet another memo. Boy, did you do you put them in a, in their own folder? This I, very, I have several. I have several folders. Quite a few of them. You know how organized I am. I, know. I have a I have a memo uh, or a folder for fat cats. That's just the ones right. from him, right? Uh-huh. And then there's two to the group, right? There's the ones just to me. There's the ones I'm BCC'd on. You don't, you know, nobody even knows. Oh, you about. wouldn't know that. Why are you? What? Well, go on. <laughs> Why am I being BCC'd? I don't want to know. You don't want to know what those <laughs> those those entail. They're mostly finance. <laughs> and then. Um, and so yeah, I have, and then I have like a cute little folder for um, the joke of the day that Fat oh, right. Cat sent out. Right. Oh, it did, so you've got two for Fat Cat. <laughs> I've got two, right? But the one is labeled joke of the day. Oh. And that's not J O T D. No. It's spelled. You actually have it all. I spelled it out. That's right. It's a very long file name for the folder. I feel that's inefficient. Probably you're right. Well, here's the thing. If, if you don't maximize the panel, it's going to be like J-O-K-E-O-F-T, and then it's going to stop. It's going to get cut off. I don't know what it is. You're absolutely right. I'm going right? to and then that. If, and then I'm if you maximize the panel, you won't be sure. able to read the emails. Won't be able to see the email. Then preview goes right off. Some, some efficiencies we'll work on. I'll get my email working. If you could come over and do me some tech support on, on my computer, work your magic, get my email working again. Steven, you're saying to me that I can – I don't know why she sounds like a, like a Jerry Lewis character – that I can print something. <laughs> why does she sound like she's in Flubber too? She's, she's Jerry Lewis in drag. <laughs> hey, hi. This is your mother. No. No, nothing like Jerry Lewis. Come on. No. No. First thing I do is I'm... A little. A little. It may be a little. She likes lozenges. Not nearly. First thing I do, I immediately, immediately, like, like, like I have this set to happen in the event I were to unexpectedly become commissioner. It's already queued up. So, like... I get that call, and the first thing I do before I even call my wife is I remove the home field advantage from the All-Star game. Okay. That's, that's um, your first order of business. You, you, <laughs> haven't even, you haven't even put your stationery and your pens and stuff in your desk. I haven't even hung up the phone on the conversation <laughs> letting me know that I'm the commissioner. <laughs> I haven't even said thank you for the opportunity. <laughs> you actually I immediately. Put on, you put them on hold. Right. You're like, immediately. Hold on a second, guys. I'm just going to put you on hold real quick. I'm going to make one. I'm just going to hold on one second. I just got to fire I make off another, email. <laughs> I pick up a, a completely different physical phone on another line. Right. Right. And I call whoever needs. I say, listen, you got Brian Calvey here, new commissioner of baseball. I know you haven't heard that yet, but I am. Trust me. First thing, remove the stipulation from the All-Star game, giving home field advantage. Right away. Yeah, okay, I've got to go back and accept the job. Right. <laughs> Keep me okay, so that, Send me so that's done. Right. First thing. You feel somewhat strongly about that. Yeah. I could go either way, but that's probably what I'd do. If it pleases the court. Eh. The court is, the court is nonplussed. 
Um, All right, what's you? Okay, what's so the my first thing you do? The first thing I do. Right. As is, now listen, as commissioner, I I have granted you the authority to make changes to baseball. You're not really the commissioner. I see. Because I'm the commissioner. Am I deputy commissioner? You can you can call yourself whatever you'd like. I'll allow you to give yourself whatever title you want. I'm calling myself the commission. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I've decided. That could be very confusing. It uh, doesn't matter. I, if you're granting me that oh. that ability, I want to be the commission. Fair enough. I did grant you that ability. Yeah. So okay. And it's always with the article the, the commission. The com- right. I yeah. Uh, like the bishop. Right. Uh, you want to you want to be the commish like Michael Chiklis? That's correct. The That's commish. Right. All right. That show ran for like twenty seven years somehow. It was on a long time. It was a really long time. And there were And it was really good, but then I got I fell out of it. People, you watched that show? I watched it for the Oh no, not the commish, no. The shield I watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, big difference. Yeah, huge difference. But like the the commish was like a CBS, you know, Sunday night your grandmother watches a show. Right. Like right after Simon and Simon. Yeah, that Michael Chiklis is he's he's a really good actor. You know, he plays in that show on Sunday evenings. He's bald. It doesn't seem to bother him. (laughs) (laughs) That show was on for like nine years. It was. It was was, uh, Bonanza, The Simpsons. Mash. Mash and The Commish. And The Commish. No, but in 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 all seriousness, I'm... That's like a little pet, um, not, like surprise that I like. Like when I'll go on IMDb and I'll see, you know, and you're fishing around and you'll see like a series and you're like, that was on for seven years? Like they did 200 episodes of that? What? Are you sure about that? It didn't, I don't think it was on that long. I'm going uh, to go ahead and punch it up, but I'm going to give you my, my, my most recent great example of this. Is, um, you know how Sesame Street has? Well, you wouldn't. Your 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 guys are bigger. Uh, the the girls are well, they're girls first of all, but they're. You know, uh, it doesn't matter. I still watch it. You, what what's that now? No no five seasons. It was on five seasons. Okay. Ninety four oh, episodes didn't didn't even make it to syndication. Didn't get the hundred uh, hundred episode. Well, not five oh. seasons is five more than I thought it was on. I thought, it was, no, I thought you, it was on for like three episodes. I thought you thought it was on for nine seasons, you said. No, I'm saying that oh. five seasons seems like a long time to me. Oh, I see. Okay. But, um, there, you know, Sesame Street has all the... You still, did you just say you still watch Sesame Street? No. Did you sneak no. that in there? Go on. All right. If we were recording the show. Um... <laughs> So Sesame Street has, and they have for a couple of years, they have all these, um, these songs with celebrities, uh, you know, actual recording artists, um, where they will change one of their songs to make it a lesson, or they'll come up with a completely new song. Okay. Like Jason Mraz has one uh, for his song, and it's, you know, I won't play inside all day, let's go outdoors. I don't like him. I, I love the song. <laughs> I don't like him either, no, but yeah. I love the song. I think I yeah. No, I like well, the Sesame Street. I like the Sesame Street song. I don't like his, the real song. Okay. 
No, I don't like him. Right. So Train think, has one. Um, you know, uh, we counted up to five. <laughs> is that in the is that um, in the tune of Drops of Jupiter? No, no, it would be in the the tune of. Uh, Dana, we were counting, finding the mountain. We counted up to five. Oh, oh this one, is the two, Honda four, Five. Yes. One day on Sesame Street. It's really good. They get stuck in your head. <laughs> and then, like, Adam Sandler has, like, an original one that he did. Right. <clears throat> uh, R.E.M. has one called Shiny Happy Monsters. Um, okay. Elvis Costello has one. You know, like, there, there's a, Katy Perry has one, but her stinks. Bruno Mars has one, your boy, Bruno <laughs> Mars. Yeah, my boy. It's, it's, well, we didn't mention that you went to see him, right? We didn't mention no. that on the show? Nope. Well, I think we just did. I'm not. I'm not running from it. You shouldn't run from it. He's amazing. Guy's fantastic. He's amazing. He's a tremendous talent. Yep. His Prince. little Sesame Street song is great. He is Prince, right? He's Prince. So, this guy has. There's a new one out. It's with uh, Bert, and it's Zachary Levy. Uh, of Chuck fame. You are the only human being that knew that. No. Yes. We're watching it, and I'm like, I know, I know this guy. And he's got a beard. Like, he's real thin, oh. and he's got, like, a beard, and he looks entirely different. Hmm. But you, you so you're, what? and it's a really great song. Um, I don't know if it, because he's also a singer-songwriter. Didn't know that. Wow. And so um, we're looking at it, and then I went and looked it up, and I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Chuck. And then, right. like, Chuck, and Chuck, Chuck was on, like, four seasons. Five, I think. I know. Five seasons. Did you ever watch Chuck? I watched the first three episodes. Okay. Didn't like it or just didn't I, I go back to it? Very it was very good. I thought it was really good. It just, I just lost it. I've, I've since gone back through the Netflix and kind of checked it out a couple of the seasons. Yeah. It's, you talk about, um, we, when we talk about underrated. Is that right? It's, it's really good. Yeah. Really? Really good. I mean, I watched the pilot, and then the first two episodes after that, and it was good, and I just, I, that was like at a time where I wasn't watching TV. Yeah, like I could, I could see how that would last for five seasons. Really? Yeah, and it had a huge, this is going to contradict itself, I was going to say like a huge cult following. Right. Because it can't be huge if it's a cult following, but... The people sure that can. were like, the people That's that nice. were like, you know, right? The, yeah, the people that were into it were like really devoted, right? Yeah. But you would, you, the, if you saw this, this Sesame Street video, you would never know it was the, well, you probably would because apparently you're a huge fan, so who knew? I didn't know you were a huge. Chuck I'm not a huge he's fan. Favorite, he's in my favorite Disney cartoon of the last 10 years. Really? What's that? Frozen? He's in Tang. He's entangled. He is. Oh, is, is he really? Yeah, he plays Flynn. Yeah. This and this song that he did. Well. Yes. Is he song. the only human to appear in a Disney cartoon? Because <laughs> that seems weird. He plays Flynn, the friendly thief. Oh. So they broke all the rules for Zachary Levy? Really? All of a sudden, this, this man walks onto the screen. <laughs> so it looks like one of those old Walt Disney 
<laughs> when Walt Disney would walk on with Mickey right. Mouse. <laughs> like, this is weird. <laughs> What's Zachary Levy doing there? Um, Peach, the song that he does for uh, with Bert, uh, and it's all about um, going outside, like putting your phone or your tablet down. It's a lovely sunny day. And, of course, I'm watching it on YouTube on my iPad. <laughs> good job, everybody. Um, it, this song is we really, really good. Nothing. Yeah. This song is really good. Um, okay, so I'm Kamish. I'm the Kamish. Right. Not the actual commissioner, but I'm calling myself the Kamish. The first thing I do, Brian, is I undo the blocking the plate rule, the Buster Posey rule. Good one. Because... It, it, it you know it cost the match yesterday, uh, not that it matters, but it, um, it, it's it's a stupid rule. It's unenforceable. Nobody knows what it is. The players don't know whether to slide or knock the guy over. The, it, it was a reaction rule to Buster Posey's injury, and it doesn't need to be there. It doesn't. Uh, if you want to, and I would change the rule to you can't. You can still knock over a catcher if he's blocking the plates, but you can't raise your arms above your chest to do it. Hmm. So in other words, you can't you can't deliver a blow to if if it's deemed that you deliver a a purposeful blow uh to the to the catcher, then you would face a suspension. I like let, let, I like that idea. That be what's open for interpretation. Yeah, I think you're still gonna you're, you're still gonna have problems though. No, but you, like it, so you you have the guy barrel into the catcher and he knocks him over in a traditional manner. He puts his shoulder down or whatever. He hits into the catcher. They they're able to brace for the impact, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and you have a typical collision at the plate. Okay, that's fine. The player is attempting to dislodge the ball, dislodge the ball from the catcher, and not dislodge his head. If if it is deemed that, and you could have it so that the teams, the team could put it up. In other words, the team could send it to the league office. You know, and appeal it. Yeah, exactly. Or not appeal it, but have it looked at. But well, then, but to what end? It's the game is over at that point. To to the end of a suspension. So oh, okay. Player. So okay, I got it. Kind of like in football. That's right. Where they send tape to, or hockey does it too. Hockey, send, more hockey, yeah. Where they send tape to the league, and the league can look at it and say there was intent to injure on this play, not intent just to dislodge the ball from the catcher, uh, from the catcher's mitt. We're going to suspend the guy for a game or two, because that would be a deterrent. Oh. I like that. So that's that's my first sort of business. Okay, you're up. Uh, what what are we calling you, Commissioner Calvi? I'm the co- I'm the commissioner. You're going full name. Why can't you go Commissioner Gordon? Because you made me the commissioner. But change your name to Gordon is what I want you to do. No. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> Won't do it, buddy. Look, somebody's got to be Commissioner Gordon in this equation. Let's I've often PJ said... Wants, let's see if PJ wants to change your rule. <laughs> Does he want to change his name? See if he wants to change his name. See if he wants to change uh, a rule as acting, you know, deputy... You're making us all deputy commissioners. Maybe he wants to be Commissioner Gordon. I'm, I'm going to ask you to, uh, 
to, to handle three that more cat. umpires. That's my rule. I want three more umpires on the field. Three more. Where would you put them? Commissioner Gordon. Just maximum coverage. Just umpire, umpire, umpire. Two at each base? I want, or, or, or I want one right on the mound <laughs> next to the pitcher. Like literally. Right? When, remember when you, when you like, used to have to umpire? Yeah, um, behind the mound. You, but, but you didn't have equipment? You used to have to do it from behind the mound? Which is the, the absolute worst? Yep. Well, you do realize in the playoffs and World Series, Peach, they have two more umpires. I think he wants to add even more in the you playoffs. You want to add three more. I, I believe I said three. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon has spoken. You know what, though? And they move around. They patrol. They're not, not stationary umpires. Roving. So we're keeping the home plate, first base, second base, third base, and then we're doing three yeah. roving umpires. Three roving, doing spot inspections, the whole deal. <laughs> Wherever they, they think the action might be. That's right. Do they Here move clean, during the play? Like, between Constantly pitches, moving. they're just moving around? Just moving. Boy, that wouldn't be distracting at all. Wearing GoPros so that uh, infractions can be reviewed. Well, I was just going to say, though, you've thought of a great way to get rid of replay. Put a camera on the umpire's uh, helmet? No, if you're you're adding three umpires, one of those rovers should be at first base almost all the time. So he could overrule the actual first base umpire. (laughs) They can really get it right. That's not bad. Commissioner Gordon has spoken. We'll I'll allow it. You. We'll come back to you. <laughs> I like. I like. He's a real forward thinker. This guy. <laughs> yeah. All I did was change a dumb catcher rule. He wants to add right. more umpires with GoPros on their heads. And, and jetpacks. <laughs> I want nothing left to chance. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> In life, or just with baseball? Just on the diamond. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, no chance in life. That's no fun. He's not the commissioner of life. He's the commissioner of baseball. He's Commissioner Gordon. Let's move on. He's Commissioner Gordon. Okay, so uh, you're, you're back up, Cal. Commissioner. Uh, I'm going to um, I'm gonna take the DH away from the American League. Wow. And we're going to go back to... Um, pitchers in both? Pitchers hitting. But... In exchange for that, that is not I going will to be a wildly popular move. No, but what I will then, what I'm going to do then is give two more roster spots back to the teams. Here's the thing, though, Cal. Uh, David Ortiz is on line one. Not happy. Shall yeah, I this is um. The, you know how like. <laughs> your your answer at that point should be let the commission handle it. Commissioner Gordon will will take this call. We'll be taking this call. David, who? You know, oh, you know how, like, you don't want to fire people, but you kind of just let them leave by attrition? There's I a way to get rid of some of these. I, I'm, I'm genuinely surprised at that. Why? You think I like I, the DH? I thought you would go the other way. Come on. Okay, settle down. Animal. Did you, wow. did you, did you just meet me? 
we've only known each other for 30 odd years. Yeah, right. No, I, I hate the DH. You Nas- do? I, I am a National League fan. That doesn't mean you necessarily hate the DH. I hate it. It does. I don't like <laughs> it. That does. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it, but it does. I um, I'd rather it not be there. Wow. I I no good. I, that's, that's no. That's fine. You're the commissioner. If I asked you to execute that order, would you push back? Uh, there might be a little Markinson on that one. I may go. I may go Markinson on that one. <laughs> you may have to doctor the tower logs for that one because I don't. It's not necessarily that I like the DH. I don't. I think it's so ingrained in those teams, in the American League teams, that there are. It brings up the argument. Do, do you think David Ortiz is a Hall of Famer? No. He's not. Just flat, like that, you can just say it. Like he's gonna no, hit I, like five hundred he's gonna hit like five hundred home runs. Like I thought about it. No, I don't I don't think he is. Do you think Edgar Martinez is a Hall of Famer? I do. I think he's more of a Hall of Famer than David Ortiz. Okay, but the but the argument is still there. It's the same argument. They, they, is they Harold Bain, is Harold Baines a Hall of Famer? Uh, yes, but he's not. But Harold Baines wasn't exclusively a DH, and he played a position for a long time. N- not at the end; he was pretty much he left no, five years. Ap- ap- I, I would say even more than that. But he played right. like what eighteen years? Yeah, but David Ortiz played a good what eight or nine years at first base. Half his career was at first base. I would say I don't think it was that much. David Ortiz. He's been a DH for a long time, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, yes. Edgar Martinez is, is always sort of the argument because he was exclusively a DH for most of his career. Right. Let's see. Poppy's, boy, Poppy's been around since 2000 or, or 1997. Long time. He's got 457 home runs. It's a lot of home runs. That's a lot of home runs. It's a lot of home runs. He, um, well, I mean, he's he split time at yeah. DH and first base for a. He most of his career. He's been at it's, DH for most of his career. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, even in in his big years, he's. You know, 95 games at DH, 80 games at DH, 87 at DH. All right. Well, put it, let's do it this way. He has played... 115 at DH, 139 at DH. I can make this very easy for you. He's only played 267 games in 17 seasons at first base. At first base. He's a DH. So that, that averages out to like, you know, 13. He's played, he's played 1,700 games as a DH. Okay. So he's a DH. He's a DH, and I don't, I don't necessarily think he's a Hall of Famer. Because of that? Because he but doesn't you, play a position in the field. I am a hard marker. You, you are. Not to, not to be confused with a hard marker. A hard marker? Totally different thing. I am a hard marker. Right. 
Which means you're you're you know you grade on a uh, a difficult scale. Diff- yeah, it's a different scale than what most people use. A hard marker. That's Mike Francesa. He yeah, well he's the authority. And we're not quite sure what that is. <laughs> I think it has something to do with voting for the Hall of Fame, but I don't know. <laughs> Should also be a um, deli meat. I don't know. Let me I want to hear you. Put hard marker on it. And uh, a slice of provolone, and uh, let me get a little ham gabagool and some hard marker. The hard marker is that is that uh, is that like a salami? <laughs> this is definitely a salami. <laughs> ham gabagool. Um, number two. Oh, I'm 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 up to my second one. We're just gonna bypass the DH one. We're done with that conversation. Yeah. I'm not. We're gonna revisit that on another show because I am not comfortable at all with what you're saying. That's fine. I'm, I don't. I don't necessarily want to uh, run from that conversation. I'm just more. I'm curious to hear your. You know, we're running out of time. I want to hear you. your thoughts. You're the commissioner, and you're already dodging stuff. You've been the commissioner for like 20 minutes. You're already dodging the issue. I know, and I didn't even expect to become commissioner tonight. I. Um, you know what I do next as the commish. <laughs> I think I know I what you're going to say. I launch a full investigation into the Wilpons finances, <laughs> and I move very strongly to have them sell the team. I'm well, going to go as far as to say as force their hand. But you, but so then, why are you launching the investigation if you're well, ultimately to, going to force their hand? I have to legitimize it, right? So I have to make it look legitimate. I can't just take the team away from them. And yeah, I what know happens- the, minute, the minute I launch that investigation, I'm going to get my dirt. We all know what it is. It's out there. What is it? They, owe, they, owe, they are leveraged to the hilt, and they owe more than they have. That's it. That's all I got to do. Sounds easy. I'm going to call up, uh, what's his name over there? Oh, uh, Beetle? No. No. He's my go-to guy for investigations, though. He is. He's clearly right? your go-to guy. Look, He's I'm the, the first commish. one I think of. I don't need to bring anybody in for an investigation. I can do it myself. You're going to get your hands dirty? <laughs> That's right. You're going to roll around in the muck with these criminals? <laughs> I'm the commish. All right. That's all you have to say. I don't need no Bo Deedle. No, I was talking about the, the, the guy from, uh, what do you call it, the, not the Wall Street Journal, uh, on Twitter. What's his name? The Drudge Report. No, the, the guy who's always uh, killing the Wilpons. Oh, uh, Megdal, Howard Megdal. Yeah, Howard Megdal. I'm going to go right to Howard Megdal. He's got all this. He's got the dirt. He knows what they owe, the bond payments, the, the, the maturation bond that's coming up, and they owe $475 million to the city, and they don't have it. That's all I got to do. You know what's great about that is he now writes for the USA Today. Yes. So you you got a wider audience. I got a big. If you audience. go to him now. Yep. And uh, I pull the old best interest of baseball clause. It's in the best interest of baseball for the Wilpons not to own the Mets anymore. They're a Why? flagship signature franchise in the largest media market in the world, and they are not running the team in a um, a way that befits their. Uh, market, 
and um, I and, and they're out. Hey, look, if we could take the team away from uh, McCourt just because of a divorce and the threat that he might lose some money, we can certainly take the team away from somebody who has lost all their money. So that's my next move. Boom. All right. How you like me now? Let's speed this up because I want to. I, I do want to say one thing about the uh, the Terry Collins thing. We could speed it up so fast that we could be done right now if you want. No, no. There's there's two more things. This is an interesting conversation to me because um, somebody had tweeted out or whatever. I'm genuinely interested in, and we all knew that one of us was going to take the team away from the Wilpons, so we got that out of the way. <laughs> so well, I knew it was going to be you. Yeah. So real quick, there's there's two more things we can do. What's that? Okay. No, I'm I'm saying two more things. Oh, oh, okay. You you want you want me to give you one and you and then yeah, you, you have take one. one and then I'll take one. Yeah. We got a third thing. What can we do? Um, I'd probably well. People like Joe Buck, right? <laughs> I'm not sure. Whatever you're about to say is in the purview of the commissioner's office. <laughs> I'm not going to do him any harm, obviously. <laughs> Joe, here's what we do. We take Joe Buck, put him in a trunk, <laughs> drive out. No. <laughs> uh, yes, no, yeah, well, the people of St. Louis like Joe Buck. I think that's well, about yeah, it. He's, you think? I, I feel like he's mostly a popular guy. Because like, I, I don't like him. I would. I, like, I, I would. know exactly where you're about to go, though. So finish it. Where am I going to go? Well, then I'll do it. I'll take it as my next one. Okay. Vince Scully is yeah. required and mandated to do all postseason games or all World Series games. At, at the is, very least, all World Series games. Well, yeah. At the very least, all World Series games. He yeah. is the voice at, on radio and TV, by the way. If he chooses, if Mr. Scully chooses a color man, we, of course, will accommodate his request. If he wants to do it by himself, which he does, um, now we're good. He has to do the World Series. There's no I don't care. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's the voice of the World Series. And I saw this today, and I'm going to steal it uh, from Major League Baseball Cathedrals, uh, their Twitter feed. Uh, One uh, World Series games, playoff games, have to be day games. There's got to be a couple day games in there got to be. You want to put them on the Saturday and the Sunday, that's fine. Got to be day games. Nothing better. All right. Uh, And along those lines, I would, um, I would take, I don't know. Remember when the husband and wife team in their little ranch house up in Minnesota used to do the, uh, the schedule for major league baseball? Yes. For the longest time, it was just this two-person operation yep. in some farm, like, in the middle of nowhere. The great thing is this sounds like a like you're doing a bit or something, and it's not. It's like, no, an, onion, that was, it's like an Onion article, and it's true. No, it was true. And they didn't – it was like they didn't even do it – they didn't use any software to create the schedule. They, like, hand-created the schedule. Right. I, I think that's since been taken away from them. I, I believe you're correct. Um, but I would absolutely make the schedule more climate-friendly, I guess. 
for as early best parts as I can. Too. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, you have to you have to have home. Minnesota can't spend the first six weeks on the road. I I get that. Right. You know, but if um, if Minnesota's playing the Angels, the Angels don't have to go to Minnesota in April. <laughs> Stupid, yeah. Right? The Marlins don't have to travel to Toronto. Well, Toronto's got a dome, but Colorado. you know what I mean. Colorado in, in the beginning of the season. Flip it around. Yeah, or even the Mets. <laughs> you know, like even the, like, the Mets. Like the Marlins don't need to go to City Field to open the season. It's no. 51 degrees at best. No, put, a, put another cold-weather team against the Mets in the beginning of the season. Put the Phillies. Right. Right? Well, they've been opening with the Nats mostly lately, but still. Yeah. That's worked out well. Yeah, that's going well, as they lost again tonight for the... Uh, 11th they are now, Yeah, they, and they, what are they, 4-25 and 25 now in the last 29 games against the Nats at City Field? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ever, I think, at City Field. No, they've played at City Field more than that, Cal. City Field's been open for five years. This is the sixth season at City Field. So, oh yeah, so it would be... Oh, yeah, 9, would 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. They play nine games a year, too. And they so. play nine games, so... All right, well, that takes you back no, at think, least three years. I think, it's, I think it's from 2012. Yeah. Or 2011. I think they're, they're now 4 and 25. Against the National City Field. Good job. That's, um... I really... They... they they said that the record for most wins in a row in their park was the Braves with 10 before tonight. Right. I don't even remember them getting humiliated by the Braves as badly as they've been getting humiliated by the Nationals. Now, in that park now, it's a disgrace. Yeah. Hey, and the Nationals, in the last 11 games at City Field, the Nationals have hit 29 home runs. Right. Right. I think they hit, two more, they hit two more tonight. Yeah. LaRoche and Harper. LaRoche and Harper hit, two tonight, uh, hit one tonight. That's a surprise that they would hit home runs against the Mets. Yeah, no, they, they especially uh, Adam LaRoche, really seems to struggle. Yeah, he's really quiet. Except he has seven home runs this year. Um, anyway, okay, last thing is commissioner. So if you're doing that with the schedule, are you taking away interleague play? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like in toto? Yeah. Gone. No I'm gonna have I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Toto write a song about <laughs> interleague play being removed. Dun, 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 dun. Um, no, yeah, I think, I I, I, I want it gone. By the way, yeah, I think they're available. You probably Toto? You won't have a tough time getting them. They'll play the one of the Met concert series after uh, after a game. <laughs> Okay, I see. You wouldn't keep it at all, really? No, I would. No, I would remove it completely. I would remove it completely because then that ties in with my first idea of removing the meaningfulness from the All Star Game. Right. Because now the All Star Game becomes this huge deal again. Right. Because they don't huge play. Huge deal, them. and you could and you could turn like they try to make All Star Week or Weekend into this big event with the parade and the fan days and all that, you take interleague play away, and that's the, really, the only time to see guys right. from, from the other league. Yeah, like I think, in person. I think yeah. you could really turn it into something special. Yep, 
So and it makes the World Series uh, mean more. Yeah. Teams haven't faced each other. They never played. I tell you what. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm a man of compromise. I will also give you back to the DH if you give taking interleague play away. I I know you don't have to. I have no problem with uh you with the non-interleague play. No, I've been thinking about it. You were pretty critical of it, and you're right. I'm second-guessing myself. I don't know. Look at this. You're not going to make a good commissioner. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> you got to be Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis, man. You got to be iron-fisted. Yeah, no, I don't. I'm a, I'm a little too wishy-washy to make last, these decisions. Last thing that I would ask you: Do you do any? Do you do anything about steroids? Anthony Bosch, you know, I mean, where performance, what do you do? I, I tell you, I'm, I'm so tired of it that no, I, I just, I think, I think whatever drug testing they have in place right now seems to be working because they're yeah. catching guys. Do you? You're asking an awful lot of questions here. Do you take the vote away from the writers for the Hall of Fame? Can we do these, that? Are, is, are these the five that you had? That's correct. <laughs> because you prepared them? I'm just curious. <laughs> You're spitballing off the top I'm of your head. Spitballing, just right off the top of my head. Um, Hall of Fame vote should go to I don't know, a com- but, I don't know, by the way, if we can do this, but go ahead. <laughs> Why not? Because it's, like it's a separate body, right? I don't care. I don't care. I'm the commissioner. I'm the commish. I'm the commissioner. You're the commish. We're commissioner drunk. Gordon will back us up. <laughs> That's right. We're drunk with power now. <laughs> like Larry, Daryl, and Daryl. <laughs> um, I, I give the votes. I give the votes to... I take it away from the sports writers completely. Totally agree. Like every sports writer... And I'm I'm really ceremonial about doing it too. Like I make well, them, oh yeah, I we're... make them come into the office and turn in their card, and like if I can humiliate them about it, I do. I'm putting it on the MLB network. <laughs> I'm gonna make it a, a primetime special with Matt Basgurgian <laughs> calling out their names like they're all... right, and they're gonna do the walk up. But it's gonna cut. We'll make it kind of like one of those reality shows. That's right. So, you know, Matt Vasgersian calls up um, uh, uh, David Lennon of Newsday. Right. Right? We call up David Lennon of Newsday, and he comes up, and it's like, dun-dun-dun-dun, and then the lights dim, and he walks up, and he doesn't know if he's going to lose his vote or if he has to leave the town. <laughs> or his life. <laughs> No, I like this idea though. Like we could, we could say that, or if like a trap door opens, <laughs> we could say that we're only allowing five guys to keep their vote. Right, and you don't know who it's going to be, and we don't know who it's going to be. So we're gonna we're gonna let you, the viewer, vote <laughs> on who gets to keep their vote. <laughs> Turn it over, America. You decide. <laughs> I like this idea. It'll be um, it'll Cam- be Matt Fasgersian and Gordon Ramsay, <laughs> and Tim Gunn, <laughs> and Tim Gunn. Text 
one, two, three, four, five to keep David Lennon's vote. <laughs> to allow David Lennon to keep his vote. Right. For the and Hall we of Fame. Do it, we do it as a series. Like, we don't do it all in one night. No, we have, of course. You know, the first, like, it's over five uh, episodes. And at yeah, the like a summer episode, series. That's right. And the, they have to prove why they should keep their vote. Right, by running an obstacle course. <laughs> <laughs> like Wipeout. By creating a dress from unconventional materials. <laughs> that's how made, out of, made out of the old ballots of writers <laughs> right, that submitted them. Right. They have two hours to complete this challenge. We're obviously going to have a... <laughs> Princess is sewing. Like, what's his name? <laughs> Rosen. <laughs> Murray Chaff. Just like at the sewing machine, like trying to make an A-line dress. No idea what he's doing. Yeah, no, no idea. We're obviously going to have a panel of Hall of Fame members to kind of judge them, right? Those are the judges, right? Right. Dressed as judges. (laughs) Correct. (laughs) They will be dressed, they will be in robes. Be like a courtroom uh, motif. And we'll just get all, like, and a variety of them. Old-timers, like, like Yogi Berra will be on the, Absolutely. on the panel, but Cal Ripken could also be there. And in all seriousness, that's who I'd give the vote to. The Hall of Famers, right? Living Hall of Famers. That's where I was going. And it's, I was going to add... It's difficult to give it to the, to the ones that have passed away. They can't have the vote. Yeah. <laughs> but I was going to give it to the Living Hall of Famers and also the Living Hall of Famers that are sports writers, too. They can keep their vote. Oh, I like that. They've been grandfathered into it. So if you are in the Hall of Fame as a sports writer, as a baseball writer, you keep your vote. Yes. Oh, I like that. And that's it. And then five others can keep their vote. And then five from uh, from the pool who have survived the challenges. Right. Like one week it'll be they'll have to make like a four course meal. Right, <laughs> using using fresh produce, farm to table. Uh, and <laughs> the next, the next week, whoever wins the human Jenga competition would advance. I just love that we're borrowing from all everything. All these There's reality so shows, right? Right. I just want to see uh, the what's his name, uh, Rosen. Uh, Ken Rosenthal. Ken Rosenthal, like on an island, like that's one episode. Is like a true survivor one where, like, he has to start a fire with matchsticks to keep it, you know, right, with like, he, with like twigs to keep his major league, his Hall of Fame vote. He comes back. He's got a beard, bow tie. We are. Uh, this is now becoming a thing for our podcast, Cal. We are. We are. Uh, as as most people know who listen, we are. We do the show out of our homes. And right, uh, right now, uh, Wesley has uh, has once again woken up. Just did, did he walk by again? Walked right by me. He's in the bathroom doing his business. And does uh, he get does he get paid like as an extra, or no? <laughs> yeah. He's union, so <laughs> well is, clearly, this is a good day. He just he just made like a hundred and fifteen for the day. You know? Always around this time, too. Here we go. 
I just uh, I just showed Cal him walking right back to the bedroom. It's, it's not like don't, <laughs> no, don't, no wave. You know, don't stop what you're doing. <laughs> no acknowledgement that I'm even here with yeah. three computers open up in front of me and a microphone and none of it. He just walks right by. Keep on trucking. Uh, oh, I think we uh, we did a nice job at the Hall of Fame or with the. Uh, we beat that one to to uh, to a pulp. Yeah, but no, I think we did a nice job with the commissioner thing. I think so. I think you you clearly had some really good ideas. I liked your ideas. I think we both did. I think if I had some time to think about it, I'd probably come up with a couple of better ones too. But you did a heck of a job. Well, and I you think know. you're I think you're a heck of a guy. I don't really believe you, but let's move on. You're very talented. Passive aggressive pal. <laughs> I don't really uh, buy anything you say. Let's just move on. It's okay. Yeah, whatever. You know, it's fine. Uh, I mean, had I had time to prepare or whatever, it would have been cool. But that's, you know, whatever. You won't hear from me. <laughs> I'm not going to complain about it. That's the uh, that's a classic passive aggressive right there. Right. Oh, yeah. I get this one a lot from certain people in my life who shall remain unnamed. And it's not my wife, actually. It's not my wife. Okay. She's not passive-aggressive at all. She's just aggressive. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she just she lets you know where you stand. But certain other people in my life uh, have done doctorate work in passive-aggressive. And yes. I get the, uh, you know, if you would have called me, you know, earlier and let me know, you know, maybe I could have could have come over there and done it, but uh, you know, and said, so, "Well, I w- why was it on? Be, it was incumbent on me to call you. Why? Why didn't you just call me and say I'm coming over? Right? If you wanted to come over, ah, if you'd called me, but you chose not to. Yeah, but I, That's... but I, 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 first of all, I did call you. I, I left you a message. <laughs> you know, I, I, I didn't call you back. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, two things. Uh, one on the Mets. Yeah. Um, this Terry Collins, Matt Harvey thing. Uh, I'm going crazy pants here. I, I really am losing my mind. You know, they came out and said that they were gonna that Terry Collins is most likely going to be the manager again in 2015. And you've been saying this for a really long time, Cal. They are going to drive this kid out of town. They are literally going to drive Matt Harvey. That's what I'm worried about. As fast as possible. I mean, let's not even discuss the fact that Terry Collins being brought back is absolutely ridiculous. And he's done, I'm sorry, nothing to merit being brought back. He's done nothing to merit it. You know, oh, he hasn't had talent. He hasn't had a roster. Who cares? He's not a good manager. Just because he hasn't had a talented roster doesn't change the fact that he's a lousy in-game manager and apparently has zero ability to relate to his players. Oh, the players love him. Do they? Do they really? Do I don't Matt know. Har- do you think Matt Harvey loves him? I feel like Matt today. I think Travis Darnot loves him. You know, that he went back to he went that back down to uh, AAA, talked to Wally Backman once, and came back up hitting 400. Really? He loves Terry Collins? How about Wilmer Flores? Think he likes him? Oh, please. That 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 I I I hope they trade that kid. I really do. For his own 
for his own apps completely for his own sake. Right. Because the fan base doesn't want anything to do with him. Apparently, Terry Collins doesn't think he's anything. The kid's 23 years old. No, I mean, uh, the broadcasters have been killing him. The broadcasters kill him on a regular basis. He's played seven games in a row, and because he hasn't hit 800, he's right. Ruben Tejada Part 2, I heard somebody say today. Who's who? He's Ruben Tejada Part 2. How is that possible? Because everybody loves Ruben Tejada. I don't There's a, there's a, a new report tonight, which is predictable, that Terry Collins may not be on as safe a ground as it may as it may have appeared. This is from Joel Sherman in the Post. Who, uh, and I mean, let's be honest, Joel Sherman, the first nice, the first thing he says nice about the Mets will be the first. Um, how does that work? How does that phrase go? The, <laughs> the first nice thing. The next nice thing he says about the Mets will be the first. Will be the first. That's what, yeah. That's what you were looking for. Right. So he's not really such a friend of the Mets where he would need to protect them. Um, so it, it's interesting that he's writing tonight that he might not be that safe after all. I hope he's not. He stinks. He shouldn't be. That's the bottom line. It doesn't matter what people are saying. He shouldn't be. You go no. 43 games under 500 over four years. At least. You don't deserve to keep your job. And the way he's going now, he's going to be about 50 games under 500. I mean, it's not like we, ha- we don't have a small or we don't have a sample size big enough with this guy as a major league manager to know that he's not very good. He's not good in game. We've talked about how every team he's ever managed collapses in the second half. Right. And now, you know, he's fighting with Matt Harvey in the media. Like, what are you doing? And, you- like, really, really... What's it's the word? childish. It's childish. He but like, like cutting. A, he, yeah, he sounds like a like a like a grandfather watching a teenager for the weekend. Right. And it's and it, it's all it sounds to me is like turn your music down. Right. You know why is your music so damn loud? Or you know it's it's like, and hey, try not to do. You know I called him, but he was probably on the radio doing an interview. No, he was actually on the radio doing an interview with, during the game. Yeah, but I'm saying that's the way Collins said it. Right, he didn't like that. Collins was like, well, I tried to get a hold of him. I couldn't. He probably doing an interview on the radio or something like that. Or, you know. Right. Like, it was like it was such a wise-ass. Why are you so bitter? He's a, he's a bitter guy. Yeah, and, I, and I, he's, he's sounding like a guy that doesn't feel safe. Well, last night I listened to his... I didn't see the game last night, but I listened to his comments, or I saw his comments about Lagaris bunting Lagaris in the ninth. Right. And well, you know, you got to get, you know, you got to get it down. And, you know, half the time, half the room thinks I shouldn't do it. The other half of the room thinks I should. If it works, uh, Flores gets a base hit, we tie the game. You know, if it doesn't, it, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't look good. But that's the right move. I don't second guess. You know, I, I don't. He, that's the move. You know, you play for what do they say? You play for a tie at home. Whatever. Well, how about how about Soriano gave up a home run to Darno to start the inning, then he gives up a base hit to Dendecker. How about you? You got a guy on the ropes. You know, he stinks. He just stinks. And the the idea that he's somehow safe for 2015 galls me. Yeah, that's right. I use the word galls. Okay. But can he stop fighting with Matt Harvey? Can they? Can he stop? I wish he would. 
be a professional. It's like right, like he's supposed to be this this professional manager that everybody respects, and he doesn't do anything to embarrass the organization. He's embarrassing the organization right now. He is. Mm-hmm. Well, that was that was my point there. I guess we don't have to talk football. No, I, we're going to be talking football plenty yeah. in the next couple weeks. Yes. Yeah, we are. Yeah. And no, we absolutely are. We're going to have guys on to talk football with. Um, so, so we don't necessarily. I am interested in this Saturday night game for the Jets, though. I do want to see a little more of. Uh, Gino right, you, uh, well, here we go. Yeah, give me, give me three things that you're looking for in this game that you're going to watch for. Well, I think the first one's pretty obvious, and that's Antonio Allen trying to cover AJ Green. Um, and this little experiment with Antonio Allen playing the corner. You know, they're down five cornerbacks. Yeah. I mean, Milner, uh, Dexter McDougal, uh, Reeves, Dimitri Patterson, and um, who's the fifth? Oh, uh, um, Razai Dowling. All, all banged up. They're down to five healthy cornerbacks, so they're playing Antonio Allen out there. So that's the first thing I'm looking for. Right. We were talking about it today. We were saying, you know, A.J. Green, my buddy goes, well, he better, you know, keep his, get his hands on him off the line or whatever. I say, he better trip him. <laughs> just, just every snap, just trip him. Just, like, sweep the leg every, right off the bat. Uh, so that's one. Two, I'm looking for just further progress out of the offense. See Jason Morrow involved a little bit more. See Decker uh, with Geno Smith. I want to see rhythm with Geno Smith. I want to see him continue to get in a rhythm. Continue to look like he has a master of the offense and be in a rhythm. Um, okay. And then the third thing that I'm, that I'm uh, really looking for specifically is um, Stephen Hill. I'm still looking for Stephen Hill. Hmm. I want to see what Stephen Hill does on a snap-for-snap basis. That is he going to A, make the team, B, if he does make the team, is he just going to be a fourth wide receiver that just takes the top off the defense and that's all he can do? Or can he actually develop into a guy who can run more than one route on the passing tree? Because right now he's a one-route wide receiver. And that route is basically a fly pattern. Well, yeah. And then hope to catch the ball with his body. So Stephen Hill is the third Do you think he still has potential, though? I do. I do. I mean, he has measurables that are really, really good. And if you listen to guys, you know, Dom Constantino did, uh, 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 is it Constantino? I think it's Constantino. Constantino. Did a great uh, piece two weeks in a row. It was really good reporting um, where they had the, uh, the uh, fans vote, like readers vote for... Um, who he would follow for the day, and he would just focus on that player, and it would be, and then the next day was a write-up, and and he combined it with talking to that player's coaches, the position coaches, and talking to that player, and it was really in depth, and it was like who should we follow for the day, and I think the first one was D. Milner, you know, Milner, and then the, and then the second one was Stephen Hill, and it was great, it was really good, mm-hmm. um, and really insightful, like that's how a beat reporter should use their access. That's how you do it. And also right. to fight no agenda. The fight. That's it. Fight the doldrums of training camp. Both pieces were really good, really insightful, gave me something that I can't get on my own. It's like fantastic use of access. Right. 
and you know you listen to you listen to coaches rave about him and and he's working hard and he's doing the work but he's got lousy hands I mean, if he can't catch the ball he can't catch the ball that's yeah, a problem yeah it tends to be for an NFL wide receiver it's a receiver yeah um so that's what I'm that's those are those are the three things I'm looking for there all right yeah, but obviously Antonio Allen in the corner position. But, you know, I'm not panicked. I love that Itzik said, hey, look, I don't have any regrets. Uh, Joe Cap from uh, Turn on the Jets uh, and those boys uh, uh, over on their uh, podcast um, speculated, and I, I sort of agree with this. You know, they speculated, like, with good information that um, Vontae Davis was the guy that they wanted. And once he used them as leverage to go back to the Colts, they sort of were like... All right, we don't want any of these other guys. Right. And Bonte Davis, am I thinking of the right guy? I am. He was, Yeah, he was the first guy. Yeah. I think that they speculated that was really the only corner they wanted. And once he – and he, they never really got close to him. He used the Jets as leverage, and he re-signed with the Colts. Right. I don't think they were interested in any of the other guys. I really don't. And they drafted a corner – or they drafted a, uh, a safety, and they, and they drafted a corner. And they signed Dimitri Patterson. You know, and they signed Walls back. Walls was uh, Walls was a free agent, so mm-hmm. they tr- they're trying. They brought ten corners into camp, and they didn't want to pay those other guys, and that's fine. Well, and and I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to. I didn't want to pay those other guys either. Not you what know, they got. Dominic Rogers Carmody got grossly overpaid. Grossly. Yep. yep. And let me let me tell you something. If you spent thirty five million dollars on on Dominic Rogers Carmody. And then you didn't have the money to re-sign Mo Wilkerson next year. That's right. Then well, what? That's the that's the cry, right? The cry in Hugh right now is they have twenty one million dollars in cap space, right. and they're starting Antonio Allen at corner. Well, you know what? That money carries over. <laughs> yeah. It's not like if you don't spend it, you lose it. Right. Like vacation days. Yeah, and they're going to have to extend Mo Wilkerson, and they're going to have to eventually send, extend Sheldon Richardson. Like, there's, there's. Guys that are going to be coming up. Yep. What if Quentin Copels has the year that we're all sort of hoping he has, and has a twelve sack season? Guess what? Next year after next, he's got to get extended too. So, I have zero problem with what Itzik is doing. And Cal, I am convinced a corner is going to shake free, and they'll jump on him. What do you What do you make of Asante Samuel? You want any part of him? They They reached out to him. He wasn't interested. Oh, he's not interested. Okay. Yeah, he wasn't. I guess there was no interest on his part. Um, right. I think Asante Samuel, if he's still unemployed in two weeks, is going to be real interested. Mm-hmm. But um, and, he's and I would, that's right. I would take a flow. He's holding out for more money. Mm. I don't think it being the Jets was the problem. I think he wants. I think what they offered him money-wise was the problem. All right. Uh, but again, if he doesn't have a job in two weeks, welcome aboard Asante Samuel. You know. So, but he'll sign he'll, the first good corner that shakes free. They'll sign. Right. You know, I have I have no doubt. And and a good corner, a probably usable corner, is going to shake free. They always do. You know, that's the way it is in football. There are training cap casual or uh, cap casualties. Uh, not training cap. <laughs> is that like is that like the cap that? An assistant GM uses? He uses like a training cap. And there's all kinds of casualties with that cap. There's a lot of casualties with that cap. It's a mess. Um, 
So anyway, that's that's why we're looking for Saturday. But um, all right, okay, let's uh, let's uh, let's bring the bishop back in here and talk a little Robin Williams. Okay. Um. I think. Um, Is he back? Lim- let me just get the ball rolling. He's uh, maybe uh, fixing himself. Uh... Oh, hello. Standards and practice. practices in the house. What's well, a bass line you drop in there? It's... I didn't realize they were jazz fusion. <laughs> they're, they're the worst jazz band <laughs> you've ever heard. Were there standards and practices? This is standard of practice. There they are. Yeah. I picture like five guys in suits too, like that all right. sort of look like Brandon Tartikoff for some reason. Yeah, well, it's it's like a nine-minute vamp they do there. It just goes on and on and on. Brandon Tartikoff. This is called Jazz Odyssey. He wrote this. The British? Um, no, they're always they're, British, aren't they? Yes. I think standards and practices are American. I would think. And I think it's like the. Like the uh, the moonlighting gig, you know, the weekend warrior gig for like five executives from Standards and Practices. From Man- Manhattan. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're they're like they're millionaires. <laughs> that's that's right. It's like. But it's then like, they get together on the weekend. It's like uh, Jimmy. Well, they Dolan. weren't good enough. They weren't good enough. To, they they first they tried to be a Steely Dan cover band, but they just didn't have it. And nobody wants that. Really. Yeah, I don't get Steely Yeah. <laughs> what if what if there was a Steely Dan cover band and nobody came? Because nobody would. Shut up. You don't know. Shut up. Yep. Yeah. Here Listen we go. To the fidelity. All right. All right. Gotta, Listen to I, the tone. Why don't you just listen to the tone? <laughs> My God. Yep. Please. I do not. I've been guess. having that argument with cousins and, and and for years I was like this I don't get this band at all this is boring shut up five, five studio musicians noodling around for 3 hours and an uninteresting vocal voice <laughs> you know where they had yeah, to put the this. mic to get that bass drum sound you know where they had to put the mic you know where I'm going to put the, the mic bass drum <laughs> shut <laughs> up <laughs> the bass drum <laughs> In the vicinity of the bass drum, or did they do something special with the bass drum, or... Yeah, people that love Steely Dan, though, really love Steely Dan. They really love Steely Dan. Yeah, they fight for them really hard. They really do. Yeah. I think uh, Steely and Dan would be pleased to know that. Um, so, Robin Williams, <laughs> let, me, let me throw out the first thing here, guys, and that is... I was a huge fan of Robin Williams basically from like age 10 or 11 on. I mean, Mork and Mindy, I watched and stuff, but the, you know, I was, you know, what were we, you know, five, six years old? Yeah. Um, so I remember watching it. I remember saying, you know, Nanu Nanu and stuff like that. And, and, and I remember it being a thing, but 10 or 11 years old. 11, 12 years old, I got live, uh, I got an evening at the Met. Oh, man. As part of a, my my Uncle Tom had HBO, and so he used to, uh, and we didn't, and so he used to record stuff for us on the VCR. Mm. And I had one tape that had, 
Evening at the Met, Howie Mandel, and Carlin. The Carlin with uh, losing stuff. It wasn't Carlin on camp. Maybe it's Carlin on campus. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scott and I, my brother and I, watched that tape once a week, at least, at least. I had another tape that had both Raw and Delirious on it. Oh. And um, I had another tape that had Carlin at Carnegie and... Oh, I can't remember the other stand-up. But um, we watched Evening at the Met. I watched it easily 200 times. Easily. Just we, It would just be something on like a Saturday. We'd pop it in the VCR and watch it for an hour. Mm-hmm. And... I would say he was probably the first stand-up comedian that I loved. And I used to love seeing him on The Tonight Show. I used to love seeing him on The Tonight Show. Absolutely. Then when, you know, Good Morning Vietnam comes out and all these movies and Dead Poets, then that took, that took my fandom of him to another level. I was a genuinely very big Robin Williams fan for a long time. Good Will Hunting... Uh, again, like, there was a period of time where if he came out with a movie, I went to see it. Yeah. And I was, like, excited about it. You know? And then, of course, I, I fell out of that um, as I got a little older. But just to start there, like, Evening at the Met is brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, Fantastic. that's really a breathless performance. Yep. I still quote from it. I will still quote bits from from that, you know. Um, and I think seeing Eddie Izzard, Eddie Izzard, a number of times as we have Peach, um, that was sort of the uh, that was sort of the closest thing I felt to Robin Williams, right? Yeah, there's there's a definite uh, uh, stage vibe uh, that they share. I remember the first time I saw Eddie Izzard, I was, uh, yeah, I kind of described him as like a British Robin Williams, because they they talk about, and and Robin Williams' material was very smart. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, there was there was a lot of politics involved, and there was a lot of current events and stuff like that. Eddie Izzard does a lot of that. Um, so what do you give me? Give me your your guys' guts on this. And 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 Bill Simmons, to his credit, did a, a podcast with Chris Connolly uh, on Tuesday on the a BS report, and he said something that I I wanted to run by you guys, and that was, um, did we sort of start to take Robin Williams for granted? You know, you know how you can do that with like a, an entertainer or you know like a band or a person or something like. Did we sort of start to take his talent for granted? Well, sure. Sure. But, but why is that? Why is that specific with him? And are we doing the same thing with Billy Crystal? No. That's a different category. Billy Crystal is a fine entertainer. But he falls miles short in terms of the breadth of what he can do as an actor compared to Robin Williams. That's fair. Right. Um... And Billy Crystal did more personal material on stage and kind of closes up 
as an actor. He's got one lane. Robin Williams was a very open and vulnerable actor, but on stage, he did not get deeply personal yeah. with his material. He definitely discussed his life, but he didn't get like Mark Maron deep um, yeah. about him about himself. He he uh, there was a real performance barrier, um, which is where everything else came in. You know. Well, that's where that's where that's where his energy came in to kind of compensate yeah. for that. Exactly. And it was clear that he was in, doing that, you know? Yeah, if, if you take a second to study it, you can sort of, yeah, you sort of see it. It's like, well, he just won't, he won't open up that way right. on stage. And you know uh, that... I can't... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead, PJ. I was going to say, uh, I, because I'm like 30 years older than you guys, I came to Robin Williams... Uh, from his comedy album, Reality, What a Concept, mm-hmm. which was like a whispered about album in, in grade school because we, we weren't allowed to hear it. But I could get it from the public library. So I would get it and bring the vinyl home and listen to it you know, for a week and then, and, and then have to bring it back. And I was just... It, it was so great because Mork and Mindy was on, and that was, you know, a very different guy than the guy that was on reality. What a concept. Two just super different things. And since we were all crazy about Mork and Mindy, it was so wild to hear this other dude that was there. Right, um, right stuff was so crazy and you know the whole album was just completely over our heads but we just kept listening to it and laughing our butts off um, because there was still stuff there to laugh at and then it was strange um, you know the, the fr- because we loved Robin Williams I, my parents went along with it they, they took me to see Garp wow you know and, and that yeah you're a, I'm, I think I was 11 when we saw the world according to Garp, and that was really another another sort of wow. What, where is this guy going? <laughs> and like, what we suddenly don't know what to expect from Robin Williams at all. Right. You know. Yeah, Garp um, was eighty-two. Garp was eighty-two. Okay. So it was pretty clear to me that he was one of those. You know, there was just a, a full landscape out there. To, to to see about the guy, so like you said, when you know when there was a movie out with Robin Williams, we saw it because he was he became a, a must view kind of guy, and uh, I think in terms of like movie roles and stuff, it went gangbusters in a, in a great traje- trajectory till about two thousand two. Yeah. And then, and then after 2002, I think he started to, I mean, I don't know if he was using at that time and becoming difficult to work with again or what, but it, it seems like after he did um, the movie with uh, Al Pacino, which was great. Insomnia. Uh, insomnia. Mm-hmm. He, uh, 
he started, I think, to not get his pick of roles after that. Yeah, I mean, if you go through his his IMDb, as I'm doing right now, um, and have done already, you know, there's a lot of... Uh, uh, Chris Connolly brought up a great point about how it didn't... See, he wasn't the best chooser of material, but it also didn't seem that people knew how to use him because of this manic energy. That's why Good Morning Vietnam sort of launched him because he's able to uh, do all the improv and all the kind of, uh, all the kind of um, shooting from the hip, tearing up the script stuff that he could do, and it fit the character perfectly. And then he was able to also have the sensitive side and be a real person and be a real actor. And so that's why Good Morning Vietnam probably fits him best. But... One of the things that I really liked that I read was an observation that one of the reasons he was such an effective um, dramatic actor and so effective in so many of these roles was you knew there was a mania and like a manic energy and a manic performer a brilliant mind never stopping. Mark Maron used the word uh, mental agility. You know, somebody with the mental agility that, comedic mental agility that people don't possess, being like tamped down. And it was almost more impressive that he was able to do that to play a dramatic role than somebody, you know, otherwise, like, or what other actors have to do. Like, you know, he had to, like, struggle to not be sort of himself as a poor yeah. well, 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 he, he did have training I mean he went to Juilliard for a while no 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 of course I, absolutely I, but it, it, the point there was that it made those roles you knew that there was this underlying sort of manic performance underneath and it made those roles A more exciting but B almost more impressive that he, you know, he he was able to to sort of tamp them down in certain. Yeah, things. if his and performance think, was tight, you made a point of noticing it. Sure, that's right. And Cal, I think you just made a a great point too that if you you know those sort of roles seem to be closer to maybe who he was when there were, wasn't fifty people in the room. Right. You know when he was just. I think Bob Zamudis had the quote, you know, when you were just one-on-one with him and there was no... If there were two people there, he was Robin. If you were one-on-one with him, he was this shy, sort of socially awkward person. But if there was an audience to impress, he was Robin Williams. Yeah. You know? I, um... The other thing I really wanted to bring up that's that's been... Uh, you know, talked about a little bit or whatever, but is Marin's interview with him from Marin's WTF episode with him from 2010. I remember it so well. And this is not a break my arm patting myself on the back, but I, 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 by any means, but I've been listening to Mark Marin since episode three. I picked and up he's got on how many now? 525 or something. Yeah. And I've, I've probably listened to 480 of those, I would say. I probably only missed about 30 or 40 episodes, maybe. Um, and I, I just happened onto it. It was out of luck, but it was of 
huge interest to me because I love the idea of talking to, com- talking to comedians and I liked what he was doing. Right. So the Robin Williams one was hugely anticipated. Like he had, This was before he sort of had the WTF machine in motion and before podcasts were sort of big. So I think he like tweeted that he was like all excited because he was going to do an episode with Robin Williams. But the show was only like five or six months old at that point. And so, and that episode, I remember it, I told you guys about it at the time. I may have talked about it on the podcast, on our podcast. I definitely told you about it, PJ. That episode was amazing. It was ridiculous. Ridiculously insightful into Robin Williams, because it was just two guys having a conversation. I had never heard Robin Williams this way, ever. And, of course, going back and listening to it, he talks about suicide. He talks about life, death, depression. I mean, it's – so Mark Maron re-released it on – you know, or, you know, reposted it on Tuesday. And in re-listening to it, like, holy cow. Oh, my goodness. You know, I – Yeah. It's tough, that one, because it's – It's – oh, man. he does that little bit about talking himself out of killing himself. Yes. When he's yes. Oh boy. When he was drunk. Yep. I mean, Cal, there's, there's an entire characters. Yeah. Yep. There's an entire portion where he talks about basically ending his life, and and of course, there's one of the greatest lines which I had forgotten about, and he's so funny in it. He's so genuinely funny. He really is like, and just one on one. It's not a performance. It's not. It's just a one on one, and he's still genuinely funny. And he addresses the stealing issues because he was accused of stealing material a ton. Mm-hmm. He addresses that and said, you know, maybe there were times where I repeated stuff in that were in my sort of consciousness and that I had seen. He's like, I never did it purposely. He's like, I can tell you, I never stole material on purpose. You know, essentially is what he said. Um, but he has a great line about that one comedian who they're talking about a comedian and he said um, he said yeah he eventually Robin Williams because he eventually set himself on fire and 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 Marin goes to close <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and like to close the set and Robin Williams goes like no to he starts laughing he goes no to end his life <laughs> And they start cracking up, and they start riffing on, you know, uh, <laughs> thanks, you've been a great audience. I'll be here for another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just really... And Marit was so naive in that. He said, what, to right. close, really? What, to close? <laughs> He's like, no, you know. And it's just so... And only, like, two comedians would even think of that. But um, it's... it's uh, Cal, you should go back and listen to it. It really is... I think now, you know, after Robin Williams has, has passed and in the way that he has passed, it's a really good look at the guy, yeah. at, the, at, the, at the man, you know, a really genuine look at, at somebody who is just brilliant, just brilliantly funny, and a really good actor, really good actor. He's excellent, and the, and the thing that I'll always remember about him and, and believe me, I'm sure there were many more before us that, that I don't even know about 
but he was the guy that was he was the first funny guy that all of a sudden showed up in this dramatic role and i remember it from dead poet society sure like all of a sudden it was like what the whoa rob this is robin williams he can do this and it was crazy like it it blew my mind at the time i i, I love that movie we were in so high school I. we saw that so do i oh man and it was um just watched it again like a week ago yeah, like, a, I, like about a week, about ten days ago, I caught it and I and I was in for the duration and crying. I bet it holds up. Oh, it's I I think it holds up fantastically. I mean, that movie's twenty five years old. Yeah, which is holds which up. is unbelievable. But holds up he was the guy. Very well. And it's and like to me, any time you had a comedian try to do this, and it was you know you saw Jim Carrey try to do it. Yeah. And you saw, you know, Will Ferrell dabbled in it a little bit. And Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. When, he did, when he did Razor's Edge. Right. But it was a but for me, they, like Robin Williams set that bar. For me, again, this is, this is my recollection of it because I don't really know anybody before him that did it. I don't know anybody after him that did it as well as he did it. Right. And how you can see him... In the bird Adam cage, Sandler. Adam <laughs> Sandler did not do it as well. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's very good in Punch Drunk Love, though. He was very good in Punch Drunk Love. No, I'm not saying he's bad. He just doesn't do but it as well as Robin Williams. No, he, he hasn't done it. No, absolutely. You know, in, and in, in, a span of, in a span of six months, he comes out with the bird cage and then Goodwill Hunting. Right. And who does that? Right. And knocks it out of the park in both of them. Yeah, I mean, so good. and and I think you you hit on something really interesting here, Cal, too, because of who he was as a performer made it to me more shocking and more like wow, because he was this guy like on the Tonight Show or you know any time you would see him in a Barbara Walters interview or something, he's on and riffing and just this bundle of, of, of energy and then you watch you know Evening at the Med and it's like it, and then to see him do these dramatic roles you're like he would have been the last comedian yeah that I would have thought would be able to do it absolutely and I'm, PJ I remember at the time too like you just said you know well he did go to Juilliard I remember that being the the total rallying cry when Good Morning Vietnam came out and he was nominated for Oscar it was like the justification like well, well, he did go he to Juilliard. Got some cred. Yeah, everybody yeah. just calmed down. He did go to Juilliard, you know. <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I think it, the fact that you're, you're right, Cal. Nobody's done it better. Um, I don't. In, in, no. at, least, in, at least in our lifetime, you know. But also, part of that is who he actually was as a performer that made it even more shocking, right? And more, you know, to the point. I mean. Can you guys give me a um, can you give me a couple underrated underrated uh, movies of his for you personally? I have well, a couple the, in mind. What's the, one of, what's the one where he develops the film and he's creepy? That was awesome. a one hour photo. One hour photo. I yeah, mean, that was, my goodness, that one tremendously underrated movie. It really is. I, yeah. I it's. It's a frightening movie. It's a disturbing yeah. movie. You mentioned Insomnia too, uh, Peach, and I don't think he gets 
I never thought he got enough credit for Insomnia. I remember saying at the time yeah. that you sort of expected to see Pacino act him off the screen. And I think it was the opposite. I think he acted no, Pacino off the screen. He's real good. The I only do. problem with Insomnia is that the director let the last 15 minutes of the movie fall apart. Yep. Totally but agree. It's, 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 uh, yeah, that's a great performance. It is. It, it really is. I have, a, I have a couple. Let me throw out. The Best of Times is a... Oh, it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, it's just, a, it's just one of those movies for my brother and I. Like, we saw it in the theater. You know, it was that summer of 1986. You know, it's a 1986 movie. That was like a... You know, that was a year where we went to the movies, like, just about every weekend. Uh-huh. Because it was the uh, the first year of the divorce really taking hold, so we pretty much went to the movies every Sunday with my dad. And um, it's it's not a you know it's not a great movie. That movie came out in January of of eighty six, the end of January. It's not a great movie by any means, but it's a personal favorite, you know. And Kirk Cameron plays uh, is, is the son, or plays one of uh, Kurt Russell's son. That's right. Well, now I'm invested. But that's one that's, uh, yeah, before Crazy Pants. But that's one, um, <laughs> that's before one that will see you. Crazy Pants had arrived. Right. You know, the, the women and the game. Women and the game. There, there's a lot of quotables in that movie. You drop the ball. My brother still says that one all the time. So that's, that's one I'll throw out. What do you got? Uh, I like Jack. Do you really? I did. I liked I it at the time. Like it. I just... Yeah, no, I just... It was... It kind of... You know, because he played... He played the... The the boy in the large... In the grown-up's body, and... Mm. I, I felt like there was part of him in that role. Like... It's, you see, he always seemed to me like that would be kind of close to who he would be in a quiet moment. Mm. You know? Okay. I liked okay. it. Yeah. I like that. Diane Lane in there. Oh, I always love Diane Lane. Fran Drescher in that movie. Hey, we're going to lose the live feed in about 90 seconds. So um, uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for sticking with us. So have you. <laughs> so I'll see you. So, and uh, we will see you next week for the live feed. But, uh, Peach, what do you got? You got a uh, – give me, give me one. Um, well, I got to say my, um, my son is actually having a really hard time. His favorite movies, the just like, you know, name your favorite movies, Dan, are Hook, Popeye, oh boy. and Jumanji. Wow. Yeah. Oh, man. And, yeah, so I had to break it to him really gently that, uh, that Robin Williams had died, and I was trying like heck to keep the news off because yeah. I didn't want the details coming out. Right. And eventually, you know, we were in the car and someone put on the radio. And it was like, the, as soon as, you know, the signal hit the speakers, it was like, suicide, suicide. Um, right. So he's real upset. He's never had, he's never had to deal with anything like this, you know. You know, so movie stars don't die. I mean, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. You know, there's either the dead ones or the ones that I have. <laughs> right. This was one that he had. Right. And uh, so yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of sad. 
Oh, it's you know, extraordinarily watch, sad. Watching him go through it. I mean, I'm sad in my own right. Um, and, of course, the revelation today that uh, his wife released that statement that he was in the early stages of Parkinson's disease. Yeah. And so, and that, you know, obviously, you know, perhaps a contributing factor, you know, who knows. But um, I remember seeing toys in the theater and being really excited to see toys and being... That was like the first time I would say with him I was let down. Because at that point I still went to see him. That was a very uneven movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a weird, it's just a weird, messy, messy movie. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and dark, like extraordinarily dark. And, you know, Joan Cusack is a robot at the end. It's just very odd. (laughs) I did, I did love LL Cool J in that movie though. The Toys feels like one of those movies where like they had they went in and they had a hundred million dollars and right. they started and then somebody panicked when they were about sixty million dollars in and okay. said, or just, just stop. Just whatever you have, just stop, wrap it up, put an ending on it and let's go. Yep. I'm not spending any more money on this. <laughs> it just feels like an aborted artistic endeavor that just, you know Yep. It started good, the way they wanted to, but it did not end the way they wanted it to. They had good intentions. It's a weirdly it's and it's Barry Levinson. I mean, it's just weird. It's a weird. Movie. Which makes me wonder why it isn't a half hour longer if it's Barry. Right, Levinson. It's it right. like a very short movie for him. I'm I'm going to throw another one out there that I absolutely love, and that's Death to Smoochie. That's you never saw that. You never oh, seen it, Cal? Awesome. No. It's it I I go Netflix it it's fantastic fantastic movie the entire legion of movie critics that went to go see that movie did not get it nope didn't get it and, and killed I'm, it before it was released I'm rarely comfortable saying that about a movie or about someone with a movie like oh you oh you just didn't get it you mean I, I'm not super comfortable with that. But in this case, they did not get it. That's, I'm, I'm that's comfortable my saying it. Yeah, I'm comfortable saying it with Death to Smoochie. I know. Yeah, that's, 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 your, that's, your go, that's your go-to critique. Pretty much. Yeah, you didn't yeah. get it. You didn't get it. I, and I, and I, I, on the other <laughs> hand, <laughs> and that's, uh, that movie's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. I think. I love Ed Norton. Ed Norton's great in it. Robin Williams is fantastic you, in it. It's, do you have uh, a number one favorite starred favorite Robin Williams movie? Is there one? It, but, uh, Cal, for me, it's between Dead Poets and and um, Good Will Hunting. Yeah, me too. Me too. For me, it's Fisher King. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, Fisher. Fisher King rips me open every time I see it. Yep. Yep. Fisher King, and and not a lot to talk about that. Fisher King is a movie where he gets to be, it seemed like he got to sort of be himself in a way, or performance-wise, and and maybe that was an early, what year is Fisher King? Isn't it in the 90s, right? Early 90s? Mid-90s? I feel like it's, yeah, 91. Is that the one where he plays the chess player? That's, that's what they said today, Peach. On the, on, what? 
Yeah. On the uh, the afternoon show there on WFAN, the uh, Joe Beningo and Evan Roberts, or as we like to call them, Bro and Entitled. Um, the chess player. They're talking about Robin Williams, and they bring up the Fisher King, and uh, Joe Broningo says, uh, is that the one where he plays a chess player now? <laughs> is that what thinking it is? Of, is that, that thinking, of, thinking of searching for Bobby Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you're an idiot. Was that an attempt at humor? Or was no. That really no, he really believed that was the one where he played the chess player. Correct. All right. He thought he was the movie wrong. was about chess. Yes. He's, he's an idiot. Is that a true story? A blind superhero? You know, there's a fisher and a king is a chess piece. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's not. Um, no. He's, no. He should be punished. Um <laughs> I love yeah, g- good Goodwill Hunting is still is uh, Goodwill Hunting is like a top twenty movie for me of all time. Not the least of which because uh, his performance is unbelievable, and Elliot Smith is the soundtrack. Well, yeah, and that's sort of where I found Elliot Smith. Um, but uh, yeah, Goodwill Goodwill Hunting's and it holds up pretty well. Like the last I don't time think I, I could choose between the two. No, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Dead Poets is great. So good. It's so good. He really is. And I and I I feel like that's the one. If I had to choose, I'd go with only because it left such a mark on me. Right. Because it was so unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. This was the, this this uh, really sucked. Really did. The whole thing sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, somebody brought up uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman and stuff, and, and that was a that was a tremendous loss. We talked, to, you know, we talked a lot about him uh, that night or on that one particular episode. Or, but this one's worse to me, or it feels worse, just in the in the sense of um, a bigger part of my childhood, a bigger part like that. That evening at the Met is an is a huge mark in my life. It is. It's a performance that's a huge... It set a lot of my comedy um, tastes, you know, going forward. I mean, it was, it was sort of like a seminal moment for me, comedy-wise. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it just, it just stinks. It made you it look does. at a lot of other stand-ups and wonder why they weren't so good. Yeah, and and also... Well, I was talking about this with uh, our buddy Jay Mahale, who didn't really necessarily care for his stand-up and loved his dramatic performances and loved him as an actor, Robin Williams. Yeah, I could and see we, that. Yeah, and we were talking about delivery systems, right? So that's when I learned, too, about a comedian's delivery system and how, you know... That particular, the way that Robin Williams would tell a joke or do a show, I liked. The way that certain other comedians would do things I didn't like. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily that I didn't like the material for either person or love the material, but the delivery system can play a big part in whether you like the comedian or not. Yeah. You know, like, like Kinnison or like Andrew Dice Clay or, you know, some of those big people at that, or Bill Hicks. 
you know, Bill Hicks had a, his delivery system, but his material was brilliant, but there was a Hicks way of doing it. <laughs> Antagonistic. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but I didn't discover Bill Hicks until I was, until he was gone. You know, until I was much older. Robin Williams, I was there with at 11. <laughs> That's yeah. a long time. Yeah. You know, he's been a part of our lives for a long time. Well, Simmons, again, Bill Simmons said it, and, and, and credit to him, and it's a... It's, and again, Evening at the Met is 1986. There you go. That's a big year mm. for me, movie, movie-wise. movie and you did culturally. a lot of viewing, didn't you? Yeah, yeah pop-culturally, that's a, a big year for me. Um, but Simmons said, I don't really know of a world without Robin Williams. Yeah, you know, like I I don't know of a world where Robin Williams doesn't exist in the in the culture, and so uh, it's you know. Did you watch his CBS show? I watched one episode and I liked it. Yeah, it was uh, my my wife got me into it. It was it was kind of sweet and low key. Yep, thought it was. I thought it was very solid. I was surprised it was not brought back, considering the other crap yeah. that's on that on that station. I'm going to guess it was it wasn't brought back because the cast was too expensive. They had too much of an ensemble. Could be. If if they weren't getting large ratings, then it wasn't worth the money. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Don't you think that's the most? Just slightly off topic, but don't you think that's the most common reason now for shows to be canceled? Like it's too costly. It's just yeah, it's just too expensive to do. Like uh, yeah. my my uncle was telling me uh, uh, over the weekend, he got really into uh, what was it, revolution or revolutionary or revolution? Revolution on on AMC. There was a revolution on NBC. Maybe it was on NBC. Is that the one with the with the world is? The world's got no electricity, and people are coming back, and... Yeah, maybe. We'll go on with your point. All right. Fifteen years after a permanent global blackout, a group of revolutionaries seeks to drive out the occupying force posing as the United States government. And I was saying, I I was saying it might just probably get too expensive to produce. Oh, yeah, because they produce them like movies now. Exactly, and so if it doesn't hit right away, they're like, "That's we can't. This is ridiculous." Yeah. Right. If you look at the last season much. of uh, Scrubs, you could see that they were they they were doing a round robin with the cast. Right. You know, so they, they wouldn't have to pay them. Yeah, if Zach Braff was in an episode, well, then Sarah Chalk couldn't be in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they got paid to stay home. What's so Sarah Chalk doing lot these of, days, uh, by the way? Yeah, hey, I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> Is she on know. something? Is she in something? I'm sure she's in something. Can we get her working again? She's delightful. She's uh can we can we talk to somebody about that? She did do something, I thought. Wasn't she she showed up on How I Met Your Mother briefly. She was on a TV series called Really 
I don't think that's uh, still still cooking. Is it is it pronounced really like that? Yes, that's correct. Or is it really? Uh, it might might not have been out yet. Maybe that's coming this year. She's Look out for Sarah Chalk. Be fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's wrap it up. You the RT Fall TV preview. <laughs> so be on the lookout for Sarah Chalk in Really? <laughs> coming this fall to CBS. PJ, final unload. Uh, two albums of the week to pick up if you got uh, a minute to pick up an album of the week. Um, Strange Desire by Bleachers. Excellent album from the guitarist from Fun. Mm, Jack Antonoff. And uh, a new album from Clap Your Hands, Say Yeah, called Only Run. They don't do anything bad, so just go get it, because it's good and lo-fi and noisy. That is all. Cal, final unload. That's good enough for me. Um, (laughs) Just, no, it is. Terry Collins tonight addressed his team in a closed-door meeting after the game. You know, the sweep by Washington really put a dent in our playoff hopes. But just go out and win seven of eight, and we'll be right back in the hunt. So that's the message from Terry Collins. Just, that's not just got swept. Go back and win seven out of eight. We'll be okay. So. I can't take him. I can't take him. Could Delusion. It could Delusion. Huh? Mathematically, it could happen. It could happen. So he's either delusional or he's a cheerleader. I'm not sure which one. He's both. He's a delusional cheerleader. He's a delusional cheerleader. He's dressed like one, too. Yeah. And my, my final unload is uh, tomorrow is my five-year anniversary. I'd like to wish my wife a very happy anniversary. Uh, five years. Five years ago tomorrow, uh, I took the plunge. You boys were both there. It was a good day. PJ played a What are we talking about now? Right. <laughs> happy, happy anniversary, Mrs. Sampete. All right. We will see you next week on Radio to Love with Cal and Sampete. Good night, you fellas. You princes of Rome. You kings of Chicago. <laughs> That's not how that goes. Good night from Michael Kite. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>